3: Hello, you're listening to a new episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're discussing the menu plus all the latest movie and trailer news.
4: I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff.
3: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist.
4: And we love to talk all things movies. Now, in the menu, guests traveled to a coastal island in the Pacific Northwest to eat at an exclusive restaurant. Hawthorne, where the reclusive, celebrated chef Julian Slawick has prepared a lavish tasting menu. But as the evening unfolds, secrets are revealed through an unexpected series of shocking <laughs> events.
3: <laughs> the menu is directed by Mark Mylod from a screenplay by Seth Reese and Will Tracy.
4: The menu stars Anya Taylor Joy, Rafe Vines, Nicholas Holt, Hong Chow, John Leguizamo, Janet McTeer. Judith Light and Reed Bernie.
3: Now, before we jump into the <laughs> review, I'm quite salty about this movie.
4: Oh, oh my God. Okay.
3: Yeah. Too much salt. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <sighs> I think they've revealed too much in the trailers. Fuck yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, guests are going to be fighting for their lives, going in, and it's a slow burn twist that really would have been wonderful to experience because this movie unfolds in such a great, unexpected way. And they've just given too much away in the trailer.
4: I share the same beef with you. And this is something that we've discussed on the podcast and then just in general conversation. The trailer is just like, oh, really? So much. But having said that. Okay. Watching this movie was such a goddamn delight. (laughs) Yeah. It is so fucking good, this movie. I love it. It's one of my favourite movies of the year. I'm just saying it straight at the top of the episode. I can't imagine how much better of an experience I would have had if I hadn't seen the trailer. Yes. So don't watch the trailer, friends. Yeah.
3: I mean, you don't understand the reasons behind what's happening. True. But you understand that you're walking into a thriller kind of yes. horror film. And horror, a, not horror, not oh, horror. but It's pretty like,
4: horrific. Yeah. <laughs> this will obviously be a spoiler-free episode as per yeah. normal. But our, yes, advice to you is either turn this episode off now and come and come back maybe <laughs> Well we're not going to reveal too much it. we're not no, going to reveal too much but just don't do yourself a favor Don't watch the trailer, at least.
3: Yes. We talk about the characters. Okay, There's a lot of different ensemble characters in this film, led by Margot, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who is a ring-in date for Tyler, played Mm. by Nicholas Holt, who both do a fantastic (laughs) job, can I just say. He was my favourite character. (laughs) I don't know if I could pick a favourite. They were all so awful in equally wonderful ways. But it throws a bit of a spanner In the chef's ultimate plan. Mm, And so, yeah, she throws things a little bit off course, if you will.
4: Yeah, I mean... At the core of this film is just dark comedy and satire mm-hmm. and it puts a mirror up to society and the elitist, you know, yeah. all that sort of world, people of influence, power.
3: It dissects class quite yes, a bit. Yes,
4: dissects class yeah. beautifully.
3: So all of the guests are pretentious wankers. Yes. You've got a conceited food critic and her suck-up of an editor <laughs>
4: yeah, <far laughs> who out. just,
3: like, agrees with everything she says. What
4: a great two-hander that what,
3: One of the great lines – I didn't write it down, so I don't know what it was exactly – but she's talking about this meal, and she's using all these really over the top vocabulary to describe what it is, and like she's trying to find what she wants <laughs> to say. <laughs>
4: That's all I have to say. Yeah, she's what trying to
3: she's trying to find what she wants to say about it, and then she goes it's like we're tasting the ocean Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) and he's like yes yes you're so profound you know like it's crazy
4: it's just absurd this movie is absurd she's
3: played by janet mcteer and she's absolutely brilliant there's a self-involved actor played by john leguizamo and his frustrated assistant who's trying to quit throughout dinner
4: (laughs) yeah and he won't let her (laughs) yeah he's like this washed up Actor, right?
3: Yes, he's trying to do a travel, travel food, food show. show. So yeah. he's
4: there doing research, but he doesn't. He's, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's he doesn't have the this, language for it. No and he doesn't appreciate it which is you know part of the, the themes yeah. about people appreciating the artistry of, yes. of of food
3: and this restaurant is so elite that he name drops that he knows the chef but he doesn't yeah.
4: really because he's full of shit he's
3: a name dropping whore he, as he calls himself that, he
4: does that's what he calls himself <laughs> god th- this script is just so sharp yeah I mean really you were like oh I wish I wrote these lines down like, you would have constantly been writing down <laughs> brilliant dialogue constantly throughout yeah. the movie it's so good
3: there's a husband and wife with secrets played by Judith. With light and read bernie mm-hmm. their secrets come to light a bit later on
4: and they have been to this restaurant multiple times yes yes, yes. and it's twelve hundred and fifty dollars a head yes and they can only seat 12 people at a time so that's how elite this yes. this restaurant is how much have you paid for dinner before like ahead? <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> nowhere, not that near, much. nowhere near there not God, that much. That would, i just feel sick i feel sick
3: you've also got three dude bros who work for the investor that's involved yeah, tech in, bros. in the restaurant. Tech bros, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then there's the, there's the chef's mother sitting alone in a corner just drinking herself to oblivion for some reason.
4: I mean, other than Nicholas Holt, her character was just so just so random. <laughs> I just loved it. She just kept going to get more booze.
3: Yeah, and she doesn't say anything at she all. She says nothing.
4: She's just sad, (laughs) miserable, and you would think that she was dead at one point. There's this thing where the camera moving around in the space, going from table to table, and she's asleep on the table in the back (laughs) corner. (laughs) (laughs) So so good, so good.
3: This idea is so interesting. Screenwriter Tracy visited Bergen in Norway, actually, and I was going to say while I was watching this film, it reminded me very much of a Norwegian remote island and so yes. there is a restaurant off the coast of bergen on an island that you know you have to catch a boat to get to mm. and he went and visited and said you know what if something goes wrong there's no way to escape
4: so that's how the premise of that's this. where it came from wow that's so good
3: it's really interesting
4: out of a lived experience and thinking <laughs> this is so bizarre isolating a bit scary what if something went wrong and then here we have this movie? I love that. Yeah,
3: yeah. One fact as well I want to pull out, which is really interesting, is mm-hmm. that Hawthorne, the name of the restaurant, is actually a beautiful flower with a foul-smelling odour. Mm. Now, is that not the most apt description for this film? That's perfect. <laughs> for what Absolutely happens in the perfect. film. Not for the film. The film was great.
4: Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, there's no yeah. bad taste in your mouth, so to speak, when you walk out of the cinema. <laughs> I wanted This is going to
3: gonna see- be a pun-heavy episode. I know.
4: I'm so sorry in advance. I wanted to turn back around. And watch it again. Really? Yeah, because it's so delicious. How this plays out is just so delicious because it's bizarre too it's bizarre it's absurd but
3: within this world that they've created yeah. it's kind of logical
4: yeah oh it makes sense and that's where satire works and how they got the balance right of dark comedy mm-hmm. satire to just bring you on this journey and make it believable even though what you're seeing and experiencing the things characters are <laughs> saying and doing <laughs> is just fucked yeah it's got you in the palm of its hand and how the puzzle comes together how the truth comes out multiple truths yeah is just divine
3: And it even gets towards the end that the reasoning behind something becomes very Mm. flimsy. But that's the unravelling of the chef's psyche.
4: Yes, yes. Do do you think that was uh, something that they didn't get right when you say flimsy? No, 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 no. I think it
3: fits. It fits within just like the reasoning. He's stretching for reasons. Like he's got all these strong reasons for doing what he does throughout the film. But a couple of them are a bit flimsy and it's like. Yeah, because he's insane.
4: Yeah, because he's (laughs) utterly insane. That's so true. Do you know
3: what surprised me? This film actually comes from producers Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. I I pointed that out when the opening
4: credits were on. I was like... What do you mean? Will <laughs> Farrell is behind this yeah. movie. What an interesting.
3: But you know they're also fact. they're also the producers behind that climate change satire. Don't look up,
4: which I didn't like. No, we, I we I didn't, didn't cover love it. on the podcast. I didn't love it either. But mm.
3: there's a pattern emerging about skewing certain industries. Yes. That seems to be what they're doing behind the scenes, which is really cool.
4: And even though I found Don't Look Up to be really overrated, I just, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't find it funny. Mm. Somehow their sophomore within this world with the menu is just so brilliant. I'm looking forward to seeing what they satirise next, if that is a trend that <laughs> them as producers and creators are, are going to go down. Yeah. I'm so ready for it.
3: Let's talk about the characters and the performances. Mm. We've got to start with the chef played by Ray Fines. Gosh. He's become disillusioned with his work and he's, you know, self Castigating himself, I guess, and others for the real or perceived failures in his career, for for taking away the purity of his art, yeah. which is food, which cooking. is food.
4: He's come to loathe the very clientele that he is there to impress. Yes, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> there's <laughs> layer. O- there's
3: one line that encapsulates what he's all about, and it's "You are the ruin of my art and my life." He says that <laughs> to the customers. And yes,
4: listener. That is so overzealous and ridiculous, but that is the menu. Yep. That is what this movie is.
3: <laughs> and the, as I said, the reasons for what he's doing become a bit more flimsy in some cases, but mm. the ultimate end goal is that everyone is getting their just desserts. <laughs> There's the another puns, one for the you. <laughs> And Fines delivers biting lines so witheringly. Mm. Isn't it just hilarious? And there's one moment when he's like giving this huge speech that's really intimidating and then Nicholas Holt's like crying. <laughs> he's crying <laughs> because he loves the food so much. Yes. And not because of what's going on in front of him, these horrific things that are going on in front of him, but because <laughs> he just loves the food and he's so into this chef. But he he calls out during this like big speech – um, am I tasting bergamot chef? And Ray Fines is like,
2: <sighs> <laughs>
3: yes.
4: The know it all foodie. <laughs> yeah, you could just tell, like that moment and countless others. Ray Fines is an actor who delivers through nuance, mm. but revels in the theatre of it all as yes. well when the opportunity arises. There are moments of grandiose performance, overzealous, mm-hmm. just releasing of energy and tension yeah. and all those things. But it's the moments that are pulled back that are so nuanced a look, movement of a mouth, yep. the way he may deliver a line in a certain way that fuck only Ray Fines can do. Yes.
3: It's almost like Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada, right? Oh my god, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> That's what this is. That's what this performance is. Yes. And you can never complain about Gordon Ramsay again after seeing this film. Honestly. <laughs> I secretly
4: love Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> really? I do. I do. This gives you a, a sense of the character as well, just before we move on from mm. Ray Fine's performance. But he asks his guests to taste, savour, relish. But he says, do not eat. Taste. Do not eat, and everyone's like, <laughs> certain characters are like, "What do you mean? I'm not meant to eat? What does that mean?" But then you have Nicholas Holt's character who's just like, "Yeah,
3: yeah I get geez, it. Yeah. we're not here to
4: eat." It's like, cry <laughs> these characters, man. It's a lot.
3: And then you get Margot played by Anya Taylor Joy, yeah. who's just so over the pretentiousness of it all. Like mm. the food that's being brought out, especially in the early courses, is almost non-existent. There's a breadless bread plate. <laughs> Which is hilarious With like It's like
4: olive oils and other dips. But little,
3: but the tiniest amounts of it, like a coin-sized amount of a dip, and it's just like five or six of them arranged on the plate. Yes, and it's presented beautifully.
4: Everything in this movie is presented beautifully. It's
3: presented beautifully, but then she's just like, oh, like what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Not going to eat this because it's not food. There is nothing
4: to eat. <laughs> there is nothing here to eat.
3: Yeah, um, she is such a great character. She's so sarcastic mm. and biting as well. So she's a bit of a foil to Ray Fine. She's she matches him and also challenges him. Yes,
4: and because she, as you mentioned at the top of the episode, she's not meant to be there. Yes, he has this plan, so she's thrown a spanner in the works to his ultimate plan. And she is us. She's trying to figure out what's going on as well. And so it's a great vessel for the story to be told through her eyes, arguably, Mm. as you're piecing the puzzle together with her.
3: And Anya Taylor-Joy knows how to do horror quite well. Like this, I'm calling it horror. It's not really horror. Like it's black comedy.
4: Thriller, black comedy thriller maybe. But she's
3: good in this genre. She's really good in this. And the twist with her at the end is quite amusing. You know what I'm talking (laughs) about. It involves a clever plot And Mm. a cheeseburger. Yeah. I won't say more than that. (laughs) Do you know what's quite funny? When we came out of the screening for this film, the cheeseburger is quite pivotal and I won't Mm. say how, but we walked out of the cinema and there's all these cheeseburgers waiting for us, which was hilarious. Everyone's reaction was just so visceral. It was great.
4: It was a brilliant touch for the whole experience because this movie is an experience to watch on the big screen. And then for it to end with that gesture was just Dare I say, chef's kiss.
3: (laughs) There's
2: another
4: one. (laughs) There's another one. Are you
3: keeping count, listener? (laughs) We talked a little bit about Tyler, played by Nicholas Holt. Mm. He reveres the chef to the point of ridiculousness. He's obsessed. As you said, he cries while (laughs) eating the food because it's so delicious. It's amazing.
4: (laughs) He says to margot annie taylor joyce character because she's lighting up a cigarette mm. before they go on to the ferry to take them to the island don't smoke it it will ruin your palate like he's just this so insufferable pretentious foodie mm. that just knows everything and the experience you should have and what you need to do oh he acts like he knows he everything like he knows. but later on you yeah. find out he doesn't you really. find out more mm. but yes i said he is my favorite character in this movie because he is just so absurd yeah, uh, He is within his own world and bubble and it's so much fun watching Nicholas Holt have so much fun with this character.
3: On the other side of the customers, another member of the staff is Hong Chao, mm. who plays the sinister maitre d' of the restaurant, who isn't really there to serve the guests. Mm. I mean, she is, but... <laughs> She's not really.
4: She's there to observe. Yeah.
3: And she does things like she whispers menacing things in their ears while they're eating to unnerve them. And they're like, oh, what? (laughs) Like, hang on, what?
4: (laughs) You as an audience and them as guests are figuring out the things that just start to be said. Or experience like what is going on? Oh, it's part of the theater of it all. It's the experience. This is this chef. So
3: And they're not quite sure whether it's they're hearing it right or, you know, like the breadless bread plate. The tech Mm. bros ask for some bread. Bread. They're like, just give me some bread. I'll give you some money. Yeah. Just give me some bread. And she's like, No. Yeah.
4: For a significant chunk of the film, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And when that comes off, it's like it's game. Watch out. Watch out. She is brilliant in this movie. Hong Chow. Mm. I, I really liked yeah. how sinister she was and unsettling she was.
3: And all of the staff are so loyal to the chef to the point of like nuts levels. Yeah,
4: militant. Yeah. Everything is orchestrated, choreographed. Yes, chef.
3: Which is like what a chef's kitchen is. So it
4: feels very authentic, but
3: taken to like a crazy level.
4: But I have to say, yes, mm. but I have to say, I'm a, a little unsure. And scared to go to a fancy restaurant
3: now. <laughs> I know. There's this restaurant in Norway that I've been dying to go to. Not this one in Bergen. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think it's on an island, but it's kind of half in the water. What? So So you, you kind of eat uh-huh. underwater and it's – Like there's a waiting list that's like a year long. So you have to really plan in advance. And I'm sure that's super expensive as well, but I'd love to go there.
4: No doubt. There's this restaurant etched into a cliff, I think in Positano, Italy. Really? It's one of those like, I think it's a definite tourist trap and it's it's, it's trapped me. I just really want to (laughs) go and just eat in this cave looking over the ocean. But I will cautiously enter the premises after <laughs> yes, watching this after film, watching I think. This film. Yeah.
3: There's so many other great characters to mention. We gave sort of a shout out to Janet McTeer. Mm. Um, her editor is played by Paul Adelstein. Just so many good characters, and everyone is delivering a really fantastic performance.
4: This is an ensemble film and it balances the voice of all these characters so well yeah. you want more because you're slowly getting the truth things are uncovering yeah. i found that they got that balance of that share of voice really mm. really well but but you still had anya teller join nicholas holden of course ray finds
3: sort of leading it yeah, yeah being
4: heroed but it was just a, a nice you know all the ingredients Came together really well.
3: There's another one. (laughs) (laughs) Lock me up. Uh, Let's talk about the style and the production design. The music crescendos and suspense builds really well in this film. Mm. And then...
4: (gasps) Oh, my God. That's so triggering. And then
3: the chef breaks the tension with a jarring clap to get everybody's attention. I jumped. It makes you jolt in your seat. It really does. It's
4: just... This is where the militant side of this whole thing plays out, mm. the clap, everyone just doesn't know what to do or they react and it's, yeah, and it happens more than once and that clap takes on a new meaning yes, as the movie continues. It starts to
3: get darker and oh. darker and darker. But, it, yeah, it really hits. Mm. Even the customers jump a little bit, like, mm. when they start to understand what's happening.
4: And I think that plays into the horror thriller tone that this movie is, is delivering. Just mm. those accents of character and plot devices like that clap yeah. just play within the, the satire of it all and also mixing it within how sterile this place is mm. and how particular everything looks from a design perspective. It is – it's cold. Yeah. It's cold. It's not warm. No.
3: <laughs> and the narrative beats of the story fall in line with the structure of mm. this multi-course degustation menu which is really clever yes and then you get these beautiful shots of the plated food i want to talk about that for a second you know it's like a cooking show or master chef or something and the bizarreness of eating through all of these events that are happening it serves to keep you unsettled Mm -hmm. while you're watching really really well but then you get the beauty of those plated food shots and a little description that ties into the movie, which is hilarious.
4: They get funnier and funnier yeah. as it goes on. It's like main course, what the ingredients are, and then maybe an aside someone had said yeah. before. But it's part like,
3: of the title, yeah.
4: It's part of the title. It's great chapter markers for the film yeah. just to make you laugh and also highlight just the absurdity of everything that's yes. going and
3: on. And that it's all designed to be one experience, yes. serving experience. Yes, yes film watching experience as well.
4: In terms of setting the experience, did you know that the director had all the cast there tabled, seated when the camera was pointing at particular characters? They were all there on set so they saw everyone's performance because usually traditionally in film – Not everyone's there. It's like, okay, we're filming these person scenes today or whatever. All the characters, all the actors were there seated at all times.
3: I guess it would be really hard logistically to position the camera in a way that didn't have someone else in the back shot, especially if you wanted to be a bit creative and move with something that's going on. It's really
4: fluid because how the camera moves in a way is eavesdropping in conversations and you're dancing Mm. between table to table. So... Yes, that decision makes sense so you could get that desired effect.
3: And it's also really hilarious when you see something like um, Janet McTeer's Food Critic character, Mm. makes a subtle, quiet comment about something being separated, some kind of juice or- Oh, yeah. yeah. The oil or something. I can't remember what it was called. But yeah, then she ends up with a giant (laughs) bowl of it in her next course because they heard her say it. Mm. And then, but that's always in just in the background of some shots of her just kind of looking at this separated juice or whatever it is. That's
4: beautiful. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? (laughs) So much to enjoy, so much to take out from this movie, just those little moments. So much to savour. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Love it. Shall we wrap up our review of the menu, Tim?
4: Yeah, let's give it a go.
3: So the menu is a biting satire that skewers class and the hospitality industry in absurd and absorbing ways. It's a dark comedy that will keep you wondering what's coming next and make you squirm and laugh at the ensemble cast of doomed and pretentious characters. I was pleasantly surprised by what the menu served up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it – Oh look, I, I was going to say four popcorn kernels out of five. Yeah. like, Yeah, okay, I'll stick with that. No, I want to say four and a half. Okay,
4: well, <laughs> went on a journey there. Yeah. Love it. Well, the menu is a delicious, biting dark comedy I just couldn't get enough of. I had so much fun reveling in the absurdity of the film that built and revealed its truths in such grandiose fashion. Its sharp, satirical script elevate the performances to dizzy heights in a masterclass of ensemble acting from some of the best in the beers. I was not expecting this film to be as good as it was, and I can't wait to for people to see this and go on the wild ride it has waiting for them. I, too, am going to rate the menu four and a half popcorn kernels. Well,
3: there you have it. The menu is served in Australian cinemas from November 24.
4: You squeezed in one more pun. I did.
2: (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
1: All
4: right, Lee, let's jump into our news and trailer section for the episode because the pirate's life for Margot Robbie is no more, with the actress revealing in a Variety interview that her female-focused Pirates of the Caribbean film is axed at Disney. Bong, bong, What the hell?
3: I know. The Aussie actress and producer explained, we had an idea and we were developing it for a while, ages ago, to have more of a female-led kind of story, which we thought would have been really cool, but I guess they don't want to do it.
4: Mm, she sounds a little salty.
3: I'm a bit salty. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen this film.
4: Yeah, me too. There's
3: rumours swirling that they're going to put Johnny Depp back in the role and make another movie with him. I just really? think that's vlogging a dead
4: Mm, I mean, the last parts of the Caribbean film with him wasn't great. Mm. And he seemed to just be phoning it in the entire performance. Mm. It wasn't his strongest.
3: It was only him that was. In it wasn't it from the original cast? Uh, was Jeffrey Rush in
4: there? Jeffrey Rush was in it. Okay, yes, he was back, one of the OGs. Well, the project was announced back in 2020 to be written by Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson. It wasn't intended to be a spin off of the long running franchise, but rather an original story with new characters.
3: High seas hijinks high somewhere else. <laughs> That's it. Now, see, look, when you throw more
4: puns and fun (laughs) coin phrases, that makes me excited about now a project that's not a reality.
3: Goodbye, Batgirl. Goodbye, Pirates of the Caribbean a la Margot Robbie.
4: Oh, rest in peace.
3: Shut up friends (laughs) excuse me (laughs) (laughs) this week Disney announced that the Princess Diaries 3 is officially in the works with the script being penned by Adrita Mukherjee of Reacher and Supergirl fame
4: honestly the rumor mill has been going so much about the return to Genovia yeah I'm so excited that this is now happening Anne Hathaway has Mm -hmm. recently been manifesting a return to the beloved franchise, like all the fans out there, talking to Entertainment Tonight saying, I would more than entertain it. I'm pulling for it. If there's any way to get Julie Andrews involved, I think we would make it work.
3: What could they do with this story? Where did number two leave off? She was getting married, wasn't she? She got
4: married, yeah. yeah. That was a royal engagement or something. Mm. And she got married. That was 2004. So a lot Gosh. of time has passed. Yeah. I don't know. We want to we see a queen, maybe with a family. Maybe there's some trouble in the kingdom. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out soon.
3: Given how early they are in the development process, it's still not clear whether Anne Hathaway will reprise her role as the down-to-earth royal Mia Thermopolis in the new instalment. But we hope she does. We
4: hope. We hope. We hope. So, directed by the late Gary Marshall and based on the novel by Meg Cabot, 2001's The Princess Diaries follows an awkward American teenager who learns she's the heir to the throne of the European kingdom of Genovia, which is a made-up place, right? Is that is that right? I'm pretty sure.
3: <laughs> my geography's not great, but I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Someone tell us, is Genovia a real place? Anyway. It's real in my heart. It's Yes. Oh.
4: That's so true. Well, Mandy Moore as Mean Girl cheerleader Lana Thomas and Sandra Oh as Vice Principal Gupta also had memorable roles in the original film. It was followed by the sequel, The Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement, which starred a young Chris Pine back Mm. in 2004. So, wait, going back almost 20 years, did this movie introduce us to Chris Pine?
3: That's a big call. I'm not sure. Would have
4: been one of his first roles, surely. (laughs) Bring back Chris Pine. Bring him
3: back too, sure. Everyone. Stay tuned to Popcorn Podcast because we'll bring you the latest news on that when it evolves.
4: Lee, Magic Mike's last dance is upon us. He's headed to London and he's very wet, according (laughs) to the trailer that dropped this week.
3: (laughs) Gird your loins because we've got a first look at Magic Mike's last dance, which is the third film in the series. It's a nice little trilogy to wrap up. The franchise, and it stars Selma Hayek too, and the two of them had this sexy little thing yeah. going on in the trailer. Oh, it was hot stuff!
4: I mean, hot stuff indeed. Gosh, put out the fire, Selma <laughs> Hayek! What a great addition to yes. this to this story. She is sexy. I love yeah. it. So
3: it seems like in the story, she's taking. Magic Mike, off to London to put on a show, and it seems to be the inception or the birth of the live show, which Channing Tatum has already launched.
4: Yes, and you know what I really like about this? Well, here, I'm saying what I really like about this. I've actually never seen a Magic Mike movie.
3: Oh, wait, (laughs) no, wait, what?
4: (laughs) Yeah, no, I haven't seen. So, I've Ah, got some work to do before it's out next year. I know. I'll have to have a cold shower after this, I'm sure. (laughs) But I like that the original director Steven Soderbergh is coming back yeah. to wrap up the trilogy. Yeah. Which is nice to see.
3: Well, you don't have to wait long for Magic Mike's Last Dance because it will be in Australian cinemas from February 9, 2023.
4: Well, guys, that's it for another jam-packed episode of Popcorn Podcast. We reviewed The Menu, which is in Australian cinemas from November 24.
3: If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
4: And as always, friends, thank you so much for listening.
3: We'll catch you next time. have a website popcornpodcast.com make sure you check it out we've got all our episodes up there for you to listen to
4: if you'd like to get to know us a little better there's an about us section and we run ticket giveaways so keep an eye on the website for more information